So, I have a top tip for you guys. A slightly disgusting top tip, but it's a top tip nonetheless. Can we take a guess at why it might be disgusting before you tell us? Yes. Is it to do with your ears? Yay! Okay, cool. (laughs) Continue. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. So, yes. um, We have had AirPods for a while Mm -hmm. now, and... I was looking at mine the other day, and one of them, the one I didn't lose on Christmas Eve, was looking a little bit... mm, Yes. Not so nice. So, I was all about to... With my ear pods, I used to use that hand sanitizer, you know, that alcohol stuff. Yeah, the swine flu stuff, yeah. Yeah. Normally, because it was normally handy around, and I thought, uh... But I thought, these are kind of expensive. I'm not sure. I wonder, is there a better way? So I did a bit of uh, searching around. And apparently, and I tried this this morning, and it worked perfectly, the solution is Blu-Tac. Oh. Ah. Interesting. Get a bit of Blu-Tac, just dab it in, and it'll clean the the mesh and everything. Perfect. Top tip. I suppose it wouldn't kill anything on it, though, if you wanted to really clean them. If that's you know, I have to. S- yeah. Well, I mean, they're just they're just your own ears most of the time. Yeah, um, I was. I, was, I think uh, I was just uh, reading though, like yeah, like don't share AirPods with friends or earpods with friends or anything like that. It's really really bad. You can pick up some nasty stuff. But Steve Jobs said that was the way to pick up women. When you could, when when the zoom what was that one you could share tracks with the zoom oh, and yeah. someone was like oh well Steve when are you gonna allow people to share tracks on their iPod and he was like you don't share tracks on the iPod baby you you share earphones <laughs> you get you get up close and personal you know I'm paraphrasing of course but that was the that was the intent I, I just have to say as well like I got um I got a pair of new jeans. And as such, they still had a bit of dye on them. You know, you got to wash them a good few times to get mm-hmm. the the dye off. So now there's like an ever so slightly blue hue to my AirPods case <laughs> from, from from the denim dye, like, and it's all kind of around the the reset button on the back has this kind of blue glow coming out of it and stuff. Um, so yeah, they're the worst pair of headphones for anyone to actually see or look at. Because if you have them and you want to show them off and then you take them out and they're covered in lint and like even if you clean them before you put them into your pocket and you take them out again, they're just... Yeah, they're... I don't know. They're they're they're, they're interesting. Um, have you noticed any difference between the replacement AirPod that you got and your normal one in terms of sound quality or blockedness or, or anything like that? No, all fine. Although, yeah, what one was starting to look la- nasty and one was yeah. still fine, so that was maybe what made them clean. Um, I did swap phones recently. I always thought, so, you know when you open the case and the little thing comes up mm-hmm. yes. with your battery status? Um, that was never reliable for me. And I just thought it was my old 5S that, you know, it kind of, it was unreliable. It might kind of, used to come up maybe one time in four but I am now an owner of a 6S, or at least a user of a 6S, and the same thing happens. So I reckon my case must not be great. Um, do the AirPods need to be in it? Because I'm just charging mine before we came on, because I'm using them actually now. Because um, I couldn't find my other headphones. But it, yeah, it was fine when the headphones were in and it popped up and stuff like that. But it doesn't pop up when there's no headphones in. Because I wanted to check the charging 
status of it while I'm using them. Yeah, it works fairly well for me, but sometimes I just have to like wait. So I'll open it, nothing will happen, and then I'm just about to close it and something will pop up. So it looks like there's a bit of negotiating going on and most of the time I've probably just closed it beforehand. I think I just want the instant gratification. Open it and show me, goddammit. But then I, I actually mm. close it. So I think 100% of the times if I open it and wait, it will show up. But most of the times I open it, go, ugh, and then close it again. And um, I swipe left to the battery widget that I've installed on the whatever the hell the thing is called when you swipe left. <clears throat> yes. Bit of Android news, if you want to talk nope. about Android stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine to move on, or no, don't talk about Android. Uh, no, go on, go on, go on. No, it's just... Um, <laughs> The Galaxy S9, I guess it launched just now, like two hours ago, two, three hours ago. Um, yeah, I've been watching the leaks anyway, but I don't know what... Uh, yeah, I hadn't heard much about it, but I guess I unsubscribed from Reddit Android a good while ago, so it's probably the only place I would see it, but I didn't even know it was coming out. Um, looks pretty much the same as the old one, except it has a camera that has a dual aperture, so it can switch between a kind of... I don't know the difference between apertures, but like, <laughs> like what you have, that's the same as what you have in your seven plus, Baz. Okay, because but that's switching between cameras. This one actually has a physical aperture for one camera, so it switches onto one camera. So it's a new thing. Oh. So it's more kind of, I guess, like a um, yeah, proper DSLR kind of thing. Just yeah. Besides that, not much innovation in it. They have. Um, no notch, no notch, lame. Like, what are they? <laughs> yeah, although Gal- what are they even? Google are meant to be doing a notched phone at some stage, um, but they have done an emoji called emoji emoji. I'm I don't know what it is emoji or something like that, but it looks a bit crap. But besides that, and they've yeah. that AR emoji thing. Yeah, I, AR I just emoji saw the as well. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, Marcus Brownlee already has a video, quick impressions kind of thing up on it. Um, but yeah, decent price in the states at least. Anyway, it's not nine hundred; it's it's eight forty dollars, I think, for the bigger phone, which is uh pretty decent. Like, I can't see myself buying a new iPhone for a long while. Not that I'll be buying an Android, but price. You still on the seven? I'm still on the seven. Like, seven plus. Yeah, yeah, I've seen there's some leaks for the iPhone ten plus, whatever that might be, the new one. There's just some casings and stuff like that that have been leaked, but yeah, oof. just the cost is just gone a bit crazy for me now. But like, I know, like, oh, my seven is fine. Like, it should yeah. be fine because it's only like what eighteen months old. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, it is literally perfect. Like, yes. yeah, there's a few scratches and knocks and dings and stuff like that. But I think I'm finally at the stage where we're not going to see too many too many improvements um i know it's been slowing down for a while like but you know yeah as you were just uh saying there the new new ios may not have too many new features no um so yeah they're they're they're, they're postponing i guess a lot of new features for us so they're going to kind of concentrate on bugs fixes and stuff like that and which is really really good because i guess they haven't had been having a good year for kind of bugs and stuff like that in Mac OS and the iPhone. They just hang on, Bez. Yeah. Wait, wait. I agree. 
and now you continue, and it'll just be like an iMessage conversation where even though I've replied after you've finished what you're saying, it shows up before what you said. So <clears throat> you, You're getting that I as well. That. I thought it was just me because I switched phones. No, no. Uh, I'm, I'm getting it ev- on every single, like, the, it'll, it'll happen on uh. the, the iPad, the iPhone, the watch, everything. So I'll have a conversation with someone, and I'll be like, oh, they didn't reply. Or you know, or I'll get a, I'll get the the ping, and I'll be like, "Weird, there's nothing there." And then it re- it's put it in above the thing I sent, even though it's like five minutes after it. And then I was like, "Oh, maybe the the system clock is wrong, or maybe the three G, maybe the the time clock from the network is wrong, or something." But then I looked it up, and everyone's having the same problem. So yeah. I don't have it, but <sighs> I, I think I use iMessage ninety percent with you guys. That's pretty much it. I don't use it with anyone else really. Um, a few family members and stuff like that, but mostly with G. I'm not getting it, but same. I only have one. I only have one iMessage group. Everything else is WhatsApp. I don't know how. Like, cause I worked on an app previously, so it was a messaging app, um, and you know we had to implement pretty much that in it. You know, in order kind of messaging and stuff. I don't know how hard it is or what they're doing to get it wrong. But anyway, yeah, going back to iOS. 12, it's just going to be bug fixes and stability and improvements like that. One of the features I heard rumored that they're not going to be bringing is multiple instances of the same app. Um, so I think it's like whether the developers want it or not, the ability will be there, which I think is really cool, especially on the iPad to bring it kind of more to, um, you know, kind of more to kind of a desktop kind of environment, having multiple versions. Yeah, you want to have one copy of a document open. Yes. To copy yeah. it into a new one or something like that. Yeah, yeah I so guess that's stuff like Word and stuff. I suppose you can do it in Safari at the moment. You can do split view with two different web views. That's the only one that really does it. But um, yeah, I think that would be a cool feature, but probably something then that's going to be delayed. So I don't know if it's going to be in 12 or it's going to be 13, which, you know, is a year and a half away or September 2019. I have to say that, like, other than that, um, other than that iMessage bug, I don't have too many. No. Um, you know, it seems fairly, it's, again, it's something that it, it's so popular that any bug is going to be, you know, how many millions or billions of people are using it and it's going to, it's going to sound like there's a lot more people affected. Having said that, you know, they could do with, um, they could do with just polishing it up a bit and making sure that, you know, that I don't, that I I have to put in a root password. Uh, They're delaying as well AirPlay 2 from... What's it? 11.3. So I think 11.3, the beta, um, iOS 11.3, has the AirPlay 2 in. They removed it, I guess, from the latest beta, and they're going to postpone it. So I think that was a big thing for the HomePod speakers, having dual setups and stuff like that. Um, You needed AirPlay 2, so that's not going to be something that's going to be in for a while either. And they still haven't done iMessage Sync, is that right? Well, I don't know. I'm running the beta, so again, I really only message you guys, so I'm probably not seeing it, maybe because of the beta. I don't know. (laughs) And iMessage Sync is the web interface thing, is it? No, just that all your messages... Oh, sync across all devices? Yeah. Okay. Even if you're not online when a message came in... Like your message history and stuff as well. Ah, okay. okay. So the way that when I when I start up my laptop after after a week and then I get like seventy nine i messages. Do yeah, you? Because yeah, okay. for me at the moment, oh sorry, that's what it's gonna be. Yeah. 
No, that's what I do. Like, I mean, if I, let's say I have my laptop off for a week and I'm using the, the iPhone, the iPad, mm-hmm. and then, like, for tonight, I opened it up and then I get a, a replay of every single notification. Ah, uh, I like, don't get literally, that. Literally, it pops up as a notification. Now, I will, the, you know, caveat, I have not upgraded to the latest Mac OS because, insert reason, we're talking about. Um, yeah. So, you know, so. I, I don't have that. If I open iMessage after a while, I have basically lost all those messages they don't appear so they're not synced up oh no i get them all and i have for for years like um and i get them all on the ipad i get them on the phone the watch they're all perfectly synced and they have been for mm-hmm. for a few years now but i do get the the instant replay of every single message as an actual pop-up notification like yeah. i open it up and it's like oh thomas said baz said blah, 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 you know and a hundred of them just flashing up into the corner of the screen which is the most <laughs> ridiculous thing ever and then eventually they they download like you know so i wonder if that's something to do with paranap that it's kind of receiving the messages in the background while it's sleeping that was always my theory anyway it could be but i'm just like you know could you just maybe wait 30 seconds and see if they've already been read and then yeah. maybe notify me nine billion times. <laughs> so. I've I've actually upgraded the laptop I'm using at the moment to High Sierra. I don't know what's meant to be different. Uh, yeah, everything is the same. Did they Just realistically, have- it's the file system, isn't it? Yeah, and I didn't notice any differences or anything there that um, if it upgraded or changed over the original file system I had. So that was cool. I thought it might be something that would take a while to do, you know. Um but maybe it was just working away in the background doing stuff. I didn't notice any differences. Um, but I'm not able to update my work one at the moment, which is a pain because the latest version of Xcode is only available in High Sierra. Um, so hopefully there's just some security stuff, I guess, inside and work or some difficulties working with a few different things. So hopefully that will all be you know, done soon so I can upgrade that machine. There's a price to be paid for living on the edge. That's it. So, will I talk a bit quickly about why I have High Sierra and the latest beta? Yeah. Yeah, so... I just thought it was because you're a Baz. No. <laughs> Honestly, I, I don't... Yeah, I wouldn't have done it, but the latest version of ARKit has image tracking in it. So, other apps that... Uh, or other libraries out there, the main one, I guess, is Vuforia for iOS and Android. And my 7-day views this five years ago, I'm going to say, maybe longer. Um, 2012 yeah 2012 okay so we worked on an augmented reality app for uh, an alcoholic beverage company and it was okay back then it wasn't the best we had a few kind of issues with the company in terms of the tracker that we used so it was a bit wibbly wobbly but apple's version of it is really really good that i guess it combines what they've done before so the first version of ARKit, if you've used the IKEA app or anything, or a shout out to um, our friends app, which is no place like no home. place like no place like yes. So it's a cool app. You should definitely download and give it a whack. Um, it's replacing furniture inside in rooms. Really cool. So the cool thing is that Apple, I guess, create these markers in the real world. So no matter how far you move away, they're really really stable. That item will stay where it was. So with the image tracking stuff, again, pretty nice and easy to use. Apple have some, um, at a demo anyway, online that when you track with um, the phone, so you scan the image, 
it will create that object and you can move pretty far away and they'll all stay, you know, where they were in the world and stuff like that. It's, um, I've been sharing a kind of a few videos with you guys of what I've been doing, um, just test stuff, but it's pretty impressive. Um, my only issue with it is that the way it can do it, I suppose with when myself and Dave worked on it years ago, we were able to move the image around and it would track in real time with Apple's one. I guess it's intended for, say you went to uh, the cinema and there's a poster for, I don't know, the latest Star Wars or something, you could scan it and, you know, X-Wings could fly out of it and stuff like that. So it's kind of used for stable markers. It doesn't track markers as they're moving around. So if you had something in your hand and you were scanning it, little 3D object popped up. If you started moving your hand, the 3D object would be where your hand was initially, where it scanned initially. So not too bad for me. Okay, so it's... So it sounds to me like just um, to to kind of drill in on a few of the technical issues. Mm-hmm. When you use uh, ARKit to date, on it's the the surface tracking, and it's only the uh, the yep. horizontal surfaces. Yes. So what happens is it adds that surface to a scene kit. Yes. Um, yeah. And then this essentially the image is recognized, and that that the location of that image gets added to the scene as well as it then basically and that scene is is not updated yes based on it. the movement of that image okay and there's the vertical there's the wall recognition as well then in this yeah version, see some uh, see some cool videos of that it does some pretty neat stuff but for me anyway this the stable image tracking is good um in terms of i guess i won't be moving any of the markers that i you know want to be presenting some kind of 3d graphic on um but there's some other kind of issues I want to look into. I wonder that if I scan a few objects, um, say I have a base marker that I scan and I scan like five other objects in them, can I hold their relative position to the base marker in memory? So if I scan, say, an image the next time, I can create the objects around it rather than having to scan all of them again. So that's Yeah, so that's what I was thinking as well because the one of the big problems with ARKit is that you can like for example the ikea app or no place like mm-hmm. you go into the room you it it finds a surface um randomly based on you know whatever features are there like not randomly but you know you have to kind of you don't exist you, you can't scan the same surface the same way twice in my experience anyway yeah yeah um and then you have to place the stuff relative to that initial scan mm-hmm. and then the next time you come back there's no way to restore that because okay you can try and do that scan again in the exact same place but it won't be and then you have to place everything again relative to that so what you're you're hoping is that let's say you always put this particular image in the exact corner of the room and scan that then you can just load the rest of them relative to that position where they were the last time essentially yeah. is I, it I, yeah, yeah. I'm going to look into that anyway and see if that works. So that would be cool. For for me, it might be for um, a machine. So maybe the sensors might be inside a machine and you don't have access to them um, or they're kind of hard to get. So you might, when you place this, you know, something in the machine, you might scan it the first time. You might scan, I guess, the, placer, the placeholder, the one that's outside the machine, then scan the one inside the machine, create some relative, I don't know, 3D stuff for them, <laughs> rotation and placement yeah. away from the this i guess the base node or whatever and then yeah load that again the next time so that would be my hopes and if that works that'd be brilliant for me because then it's 
scan the first time and then the next time just scan one marker and everything else pops up around it that'd be sweet that'd be nice and how do you find like i haven't done any scene kit um is it nice in comparison to some of the other uh, graphics libraries that, that we've used over the years? Yeah, I guess my problem when I was trying to use Euphoria was um, finding, like, say, the center of uh, a marker. It's all OpenGL objects, so trying to find... Because I want to basically, um, say, draw a line between two different markers. And that's... Scene kit is just really easy because you just have these scene nodes... Um, which I guess I just think of these cubes in my head because that's the way I draw them in the graphics library. And it's really easy to get that information. It's really easy to kind of get their position, their rotation, anything like that. It's just simple. And I'm using Swift to do it. Um, so this is kind of my first foray into Swift. But it's, yeah, it's pretty nice to get all that information the same way you'd get information for anything on iOS, really, any objects. So I'm liking Excellent. it. So good stuff. Apple, they're definitely doing a lot and i think euphoria now have updated to use ARKit with their latest um library so that's something i might look into as well and baz this is sort of a 1.0 api so you know as in it was only released on ios 11 so yeah like how do you find the developer experience did you run into any bugs in the api oh because i think you've seen that when you saw the demo of the uh, No Place Like app there recently. I think one of the comments from yeah. someone at the talk was, where's the rest of the code or anything like that? It's pretty it's, it's, it's pretty easy to kind of track a marker and place a 3D object on it. What you do after that then in terms of, you know, figuring out distances between different nodes and drawing lines, that stuff's harder. Uh, so no bugs or anything like that. I said it's, it's a couple of lines of code. It's, you know, less than probably, I don't know, 100, 200 lines for that demo, probably even smaller than that. And yeah, it just works. The only issue I ran into, if anyone does look into it, the image that you do use to track, you need to tell in Xcode its real size in centimeters, inches, anything like that. I was having tracking issues at the start and basically that was the only reason was I'd use a bigger image and I'd scale it down. So I was using the size of the original image. So you need to have it, whatever it really physically is. So I'm just using my laptop screen and I had a router off to my laptop screen measuring it. <laughs> and do you have to, like, I mean, for Vuvoria back in the day, we had to upload the marker to a website mm-hmm. and it would do some number crunching and send mm-hmm. us back something. Do you just add these to an Xcode yep. to a asset catalog and that's it? Yeah, so again, I guess with the Vuvoria one, you'd upload an image and it would tell you out of five stars or something whether it was going to be a good track or not based on how much information was in the image. So that's the good thing with, um, in Xcode, you build a new um, AR tracker group or something. I can't remember what it's called, but it's a new type of group in the assets folder. You add an image and it will instantly give you warnings based on the image. Uh, Too small, too low detail, anything like that. And even the demo that Apple has, it uses very, very basic images with text on them it basically says like iphone 10 or iphone 5 not a huge amount of information so all of their ones have warnings about i think it's just image detail so you get that stuff really really quickly but once you add it into um the access folder give it the correct size bam you're using it straight away when you build the app it's nice amazing Mm. yeah and if anyone wants to pull us on our Vuforia knowledge, 
again six years ago so give us a break yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 it may be much better now um, you go back into it and it's still pretty much the same i don't know that they have multi-tracking uh, okay. back then but i think they did their, their app is pretty buggy actually it's not a good experience uh, using their app um but it does the job i guess yeah i remember we couldn't ever actually close it down fully um <laughs> Or yeah. like we couldn't, we couldn't. In, after we initiated three instances, the app would crash or something. So we just had to leave it running in the background the whole time. Oh yeah, and then there was some. Yeah, if you close an instance as well, there was some memory leak, a huge memory leak or something. Um, that was it. So if you went, to, if you if you went back out and back in, yes. the app would crash basically the whole time. Yeah. Um. So we had to just kind of keep it running hidden. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, with like eight hours left to deadline and figure out why it's crashing. <laughs> oh. oh my god! Yeah. yeah, late nights crying. PTSD. Yeah. You guys working on anything fun or any news or <laughs> the exact um, op- the exact opposite of all of that? <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. This is the kind of stuff I like working on. That I'd work on in my free time again because it's so new. Um, and and you haven't done any you haven't done any programming in a while really that's anything out of just here's a UI view with some crap on it like yeah yeah it was it was interesting actually this week I had to transition your students so basically in Ireland in when you're about sixteen you have this kind of but about fifteen you have these big exams sixteen you kind of have a dossier uh, before your final big exams. Um, so I had two transition year students in with me this week and I was going through developing apps with them. Um, it was kind of fun, kind of teaching them about it. It's it's really really not that difficult, I guess, to get apps up and running without any programming, having some interactions and just like some basic programming kind of going on. It was kind of good to kind of get back to ba- basics and go through some stuff with them. So uh ended up making Hangman with them in the end based on everything they'd learned beforehand um i think we had talked when will that be released in the app store uh, yeah because there's no hangman games out there but it, it was fun yeah. um <laughs> i think we we did code dojo a few years ago dave and i think that's what we did in html wasn't it we built hangman it was yeah, yeah. hangman and a few other bits and pieces i'd say yeah. your solution was probably more elegant than mine i created it in half a day which i thought was all right but yeah it's mm. yeah so um I, I suppose to to kind of answer your question about what are we doing or what are we working on um you reminded me of something um that i'm working on or at least trying to so um i'm working on uh data structures in c plain old c mm-hmm. just um to keep myself um you know to keep myself in in fighting condition and one that I'm working on is a directed acyclical uh, directed acyclical word graph, um, which is basically a graph a tree, um, and each node has potentially 26 nodes for the letter of the alphabet. So you can encode an entire word list, like for example for word snap, in the tree. Um, yeah. And you you just you just uh, traverse the tree and if that node exists then that's that word exists you know so i'm just trying to do that and see and do it nice and efficient and make it so that i can create a table format at the end of it that i can load into that i can load easily into other environments so all the heavy lifting um of creating the tree and then flattening and flattening it into a table in c 
and then hopefully maybe Swift to load it and do other stuff with it. So we'll see. It's just it's there's no end game to it other than I just want to mess around with. This some, is a completely personal project. Stuff. Yeah, cool. yeah, that's it. Nice. Lame, but yeah, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Thomas, have we talked about your new job? Oh. Yeah, have we? No, I have a new job. Yay! Congrats. Uh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I'm back in Limerick. Um, I guess one of the interesting things about being an iOS developer is you're often the only iOS developer. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I'm working with someone, which is quite nice. Um, I think, yeah, it's nice to be working alongside someone, you know, swapping ideas. And you always learn something, I think, from working alongside somebody else. So You do. That's super nice. It's, it's always nice to rubber duck, I guess, with someone who understands what you're doing. I guess anyone really that will listen to you, but they might be able to offer just more suggestions and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so all happy. It's a job back in our hometown, the Limerick. Uh, so I'm happy about that. Uh, working on some fun stuff. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, good. I'm really. Um, this year, I really want to nail. It sounds like a boring thing, but just like a supporting iPad by default, kind of for any view that I I write. So leveraging kind of auto layout and split view controllers and just making sure everything works. Because I suppose I'm I'm using a, an, an iPhone 6S now for work and it's the 6S Plus. So I'm size, it's a different size class in landscape. Mm-hmm. It's regular, I guess. Is that right? E- yes. So I can see now all the default apple apps that work that work differently in landscape right mm-hmm. especially with the table view controllers yeah the master detail. i thought you know what are you going to implement if you it? get that sort of yeah cool like just in by default for all kind of anywhere you have a table view just have master detail um because it's a cool thing and you kind of get it for free once you set it up so yeah, and using auto layout and trying. I mean, it's funny, like when you have one view and you know you're you run it on the iPhone SE size and then all the way up to the twelve point whatever it is, twelve point nine inch iPad Pro, the big iPad Pro. Like it is a challenge to get things kind of working, ni- UI no working nicely. Yeah, I guess across all sizes, it's difficult because you end up forgetting to do certain things for. Mm. and that can be hard yeah i haven't done master detail since the very first ipad when i was contracting up in dublin <laughs> so yeah um my i suppose i i was doing all back end for a while in my last job so i'm kind of happy to be doing uh ui again and just using different techniques and um i just shared an article with you guys a few weeks back as a guy called dave delong who used to work for Apple and is now outside Apple. And he sort of has quite a nice um, idea for... So I'm in general very uh, cynical of, like, architecture patterns in iOS. I'm just like, just use MVC. Um, 
you know, all these Viper and MVVM and stuff, and they always just seem too fancy <laughs> to yeah. me. And I literally, you know. I want to find whoever that Viper guy is like, and you know, ask him who hurt him. You know. <laughs> And I, I guess a lot of this is people coming from other platforms and other frameworks. And Java. To, yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. But I suppose his idea, which is basically just um, an extension of Baz, I think it was the f- one of the first uh, talks you gave at our iOS dev meetup in... Oh, with container views, is it? Yeah, so basically he's just taking that one step further further and basically yeah, all your views should be lots of view controllers. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and then you have one sort of coordinating view controller. I think .NET people call this a coordinator pattern. So I've actually read a few blog posts saying, "Oh, the coordinator pattern for iOS apps." But it's actually just child view controllers. That's all it is. Um so yeah. Yeah, I really I absolutely love container views. And they're fantastic. Just because I, I guess you know design changes so much at times in apps that you can just have one part that's done perfectly separated from everything else. Anything else can change around it, but yeah, it's it's nice. Helps me a lot anyway. Dave, have you any ideas for iPad apps? You've had your iPad Pro for a few months now. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's kind of become more transparent now. Like, at the start, everything was, like, amazing and new. But now it's just, like, very much part of the the day-to-day-ness. And I suppose i kind of not seen as many opportunities as I did at the start. Um, but I think it's just... Um, it does need that multi-view thing because I did try to like I really tried to write a ridiculously long research document using it and in the end mm. I was I kind of half-assed it and then opened it on the Mac and did all the the complicated bits um, you know so it's still it's still kind of a for some use cases that that you know having two two windows or whatever would be nice um yeah. Are you a heavy split view user? Depends on the context really like I mean most of the time no. Um unless I'm doing something like that where I need to drag in a load of references and stuff like that, you know. Um still fairly I, I think to be honest it's still just a learned behavior of having almost uh like when did I get the iPad? one 2011 so it's like still seven years of habit that i have to overcome mm-hmm. you know of uh mm. of monotasking on an ipad um and i think to be honest a lot of the apps still aren't split view that i want them to be so come on already and um you know that's that's it i think the the um just handwriting everything nebo or oh, they're just still just fantastic you know um one thing I don't like is that I can't use split view with Skype and actually have a video. So you can't use the camera in split view. Ah. Which um, really annoyed me because I wanted to be on a Skype conversation and just have Nebo open to take notes. But the minute I did that, then it stopped the the video, you know. So I get it because, you know, maybe there's some, I don't know, maybe there's some way that would leak into the other application or something but that's it really 
you know. Have either of you downloaded Alto's Adventure or whatever it's called? I see people tweeting about There's it. The original, yeah. So yeah. I think a sequel came out. Yeah, the sequel just came out. Uh, Any interest? A snowboarding one, isn't it? Yeah, it's uh, just kind yeah. of super relaxing, beautiful looking app. Um, Real fun on the Apple TV, actually. That oh, was one of yeah. the that was one of the new games that came out when the Apple TV four came out first. So I have a lot of time clocked up on the the Apple TV version, I think. <laughs> And then someone will come in like it doesn't even exist on the Apple TV, Dave. But <laughs> yeah, so that was that was quite good. Yeah, I might get it at some point. Um, I've been playing a lot of games on my iPhone recently. Um, I don't know what I talk about them before. There's these rusty late games. So I love escape room games, but there's about oh god, how many is there? There is at least eight free. Uh, Rusty Lake games. They're called Cube Escape. And then there's about another two or three uh, paid apps. I'm playing the paid ones at the moment, but just even the free ones, really kind of fun. It's really odd. It's um, Twin Peaksy kind of. And oh, cool. Yeah, there, there's a kind of a few jumpy scares in it. Like they'll play loud audio and things will flash up. But other than that, they're kind of fun. Some of them are a bit too complex you'll need a bit of pen and paper for them which i yeah i generally don't really like that kind of stuff um and also the the new the room game um old sins that came out it's pretty cool it's all based in a dollhouse um and all these different rooms in a dollhouse and you have to kind of go between them which can get confusing at times because you'll find an object in one room and you're like Oh God! Which tiny detail in another room had three notches in it that I need to bring this to? Used to hint quite a lot to refresh my memory in that. And then, other than that, I'm try- I'm still playing this game. I checked when I last downloaded it, or when I first downloaded it was January uh, last year. So it's Steins Gate. It's a Japanese visual novel. So I'm still trying to get through that. I'm on chapter eight and there's eleven or something. It's a 35 to 50 hour reading experience basically with some interaction <laughs> it's all about time travel so that's what I'm kind of getting through at the moment and getting back into um, I've got a good recommendation for you actually mm-hmm. um, you guys like books and audiobooks so I haven't quite gone through the process yet but there's an app called Libby have you heard of it? L-I-B-B-Y? Nope. and basically what it does is you can sign up to it using your library card, and I think if you don't have one, it has the ability to get you a library card from that library. So when I logged in first, it didn't have my location, so I tried to pick that nice library up in Dunleary, which I hear is fantastic, by the way, up in Dublin. Um, so I must try it, but you go into it, and you can take out books and audiobooks for free using your library card. So I need to check if it does work over here. Um, but I thought that was super cool that you just have access to all these free things because I know they like Audible and stuff like that, but there is mm. a free alternative to it. Um, Interesting. Yeah, it's really, really cool. Um, again, I need to see if it works in Ireland. It's on the Irish App Store anyway. I have it. So that was that one. Um, and then <laughs> another one then as well. Basically, I, st- I stumbled across a Reddit post today was another one called uh, Meal Lime or Me Lime. Um, it's just free recipes and there's pro recipes in it but you have access to all the recipes in the pro ones but you can't add them to your um your meal plan but 
it was just a nice app for yeah people put up recipes there 30 minutes basically um how to do it or you know to prepare and cook and everything like that but thought they were kind of cool uh free ones that you know are useful (laughs) yeah so i just looked um on the just a limerick county council website so i know it might be different um wherever else but uh there's a thing called uh borrow box okay um so i think that um yeah, re- real-time follow-up. The only Irish library, Baz, that uh, supports Libby is the posh one. The one in Dunleary. Dublin. Okay, because yeah, it, it. it does find, like, uh, a library close to me and stuff like that. It has the logo from it, so maybe it's just pulling it in. Um, so, yeah, maybe there's a way of signing up for the Dunleary library. And... Thing is, though, like, they, they, it... it they can still be taken out you know there is a you know it's not it's not full instant access to everything yes yeah. you know like because even I'm looking through here and um, just the first the first row of books that it shows up under audiobooks you know on loan and it'll be available again on the you know um, 5th of June or something like which is a long oh okay a long old time okay um, <laughs> But there's still plenty that aren't, and I mean, mm-hmm. you know, if you're paying the the bones of a tenner a month for Audible, um, and there's at least some of that stuff here. Yeah, that's why not? Because mm-hmm. I've I'm just in. I've done another uh, subscription call, um, as <laughs> I do every every now and then, and um, I think Audible is going to go bye bye. Um, oh, because just temporarily like because i found that i just like just a load of books that i've got and then just haven't gotten around to finishing them and then i get the next one and the next one and then there's just kind of a a long enough list at this point just 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 happened over the last few months really where i have a load of books that haven't actually been been finished and i just know that if i don't stop now it'll just keep going so Mm -hmm. i might pause it for a few months Sorry, is that podcast on Audible, the one called West Cork? I'm hearing really good things about it. It's kind of like serial podcast, but it's based in Ireland. The, oh, what was her name? Sophie Tuscan or the French oh, yeah, yeah. woman that was killed in Ireland. Anyway, I think that's on Audible. So before maybe you get rid of your subscription, maybe try to listen to that. I heard it's really, really good. All right. Interesting. Yeah, Sophie Tuscan du Plantier. That was it. Uh, yeah it's on audible anyway um so that's something that maybe yeah you can have a listen to before i don't know if it's finished yet or anything but that's kind of cool it's been announced by amazon and amazon's audible service yeah so that's it generally they tend to be released about a few months after everywhere else um because you had the same deal with uh john ronson's butterfly effect okay Um, that was that was just audible um, but then it was it was everywhere um, after a while. Cool. Um, so interesting. Cool. Good. Good shout out for that. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe you can get the Fire and Fury book as well. <laughs> <laughs> so every book you download is it says is there to keep even if you cancel. That's in your library. In what now? In Audible. Oh yeah, no, it's not. You you get credits and then you buy the credits. 
Okay. You know, so but basically like I've I've three credits now at the moment and no need for a new book, do you know? Okay, um, yeah. So you could cancel for a while, still keep everything you have, and then if you run out later Yeah, if on. I cancel, the credits go. So basically I have to buy three books that I won't get around to listening to, and then I'll cancel um, and see what the deal is. Just because I, I, can, feel, I can feel it getting away from me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dave, any other subscription services that you're thinking, oh, maybe I'll cancel? So I did. I did absolutely every possible um, video on demand service over Christmas, um, and uh, I think like they're all they're all gonna go. Um, even Netflix, not Netflix. That 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 okay. just that that's not even a question about it. Netflix is just <laughs> always um, Netflix and Spotify have my my undying loyalty at <laughs> this point. I think I cancelled Apple Music because um, I'm just not using it. And I like Amazon Prime Video is they're they're still only charging me two ninety nine for it, but <laughs> like I don't I don't even know how I get two ninety nine euro worth of value out of it. <laughs> you know, like if you go to top movies, there's literally there's literally like um, nine best UFO secrets exposed, and you know, like it's all <laughs> top quality you know, stuff. Like they're, they're, there's there's plenty of um, there's plenty of movies that had a cinematic release on it, but just the way it presents the the catalog to you is just so weird like you know it's like this and it's like um mysterious implants found in patients uh, you know alien doctors and stuff and it's a real documentary like and these are the kind of things that show up in the the new movie part of it you know um it's weird you know um it's kind of like we got some new movies and here's a bunch of it's like they only have one distributor of low quality documentaries or something that they just get they just get pumped in with one or two decent ones um one was uh, i think it was called nintendo quest um and um these guys had 30 days yeah nintendo quest it came up um 5.6 on uh, imdb but um basically 30 days to get all 678 official retail licensed uh nez games whoa um basically worth the watch if you're into that kind of thing um and basically 30 days to find all of the all of the games including that sports championship yes including including that sports championship one whichever it is super rare game that was only like there's like 60 copies it was for a competition and it's basically stadium stadium games stadium something something like that yeah and it's super expensive anyway um stadium events stadium events so there is another app geez i'm all about the recommendations today it's uh tubio t-u-b-i-o or tubio i guess might be in american um basically you can go onto any website that has like um a video player on it i suppose html video players it will grab the video that's playing and you can cast it then to your tv so oh, cool the options that they have is just you know youtube vimeo daily motion stuff like that but anything like facebook instagram so if you put the link in it'll grab it so there's certain sites out there that you can watch movies on um and i think it works for them anyway i haven't tried it fully myself yet 
But if you do find a website that has videos running on it, you can put the URL into this app and then you can cast it to Chromecast, which is uh, pretty good. Um, just uh, so recently there was an absolute, um, there was an update to a very, uh, very regularly used app on the Apple TV 4 um, hmm. that caused a minor revolt amongst um, users. YouTube has been updated on the Apple TV. Right. Have you guys used it? Nope. Nope. So, this has to be a web view. Like, I know I said no about other apps being a web view, but this is a bloody web view. Mm-hmm. Um, it's literally youtube.com slash TV, but wrapped in an iPad app, and I'm sure that Google were like, oh, be a be a shame if something happened that a uh, YouTube app there Apple and then they were like fine <laughs> you know you can you can wrap it it's it's awful um, like it, it's good in some ways it's worse in other ways it's it's a, a, an Android abomination on an Apple TV oh, they've overridden it. the scrolling you don't have a na- you don't have a native iOS video controls anymore you've awful YouTube ones with specific scrolling and other ugliness that comes with it the improvements overall I don't think are worth the the awfulness of the new interface but you can now cast to the to the Apple TV through the YouTube app and, and that would be your massively preferred way of doing things then based on what this app that the, what, what the Apple TV app is like yeah like so basically open up the uh, Apple TV app and then just go to YouTube on the iPad (laughs) and then just hit the button and it starts playing on the without airplay like it uses the proper Chromecast stuff and likewise any other app that you have you can you don't need a Chromecast anymore if if, if all it does is support Chromecast Um, so pretty much like Apple's vision for the Apple TV and let's not forget that like Apple's plans for a TV were, like, one of the most pervasive rumors about Apple in the past sort of decade. You know, Steve Jobs telling Walter Isaacson just before he died that they'd finally cracked an interface for the TV and they were really excited about it and everybody was like, oh, Apple are going to make a TV. And so they did this set-top box, which we're now, I guess, in the fifth generation, if you count the... Apple TV 4K is a fifth edition. But the fourth edition, the one me and Dave have, this this thing of, you know, TV is going to be about apps and augmented viewing and stuff. And it, it's pretty much a failure. Would that be fair? Oh, we don't even have the TV app over here for it. Like, do you know? Yeah. So, like, that, that interface that they seem to be touting, I don't have. Do you know, that, that TV app which unites all of the subscription services and does everything, you know, like, it's a bloody good set-top box. I enjoy playing games on it. I'd be honest that if I didn't have the Apple TV, I probably would have splurged on an Xbox or something like that at this point. Right. Um, because it's just it just gives me something to do on the TV if I want to play a game, you know, without having to buy a dedicated console box. Um, so, I like, I don't know. Um, it's a really good piece of kit. It's let down by the siloed content of everything else. Seems to be the the problem. And yeah, the it's not as if 
and we still don't have Siri. Just pointing that <laughs> out. You know? So for us, it's useless. It's marginally better if you're in America, I'm sure. You know, and this, we've solved TV, the, the dying Steve Jobs. Do you know? I don't know. It was, I, I don't know. Because, like, I'm sorry, Carpool Karaoke, the series is not solving any fucking problems <laughs> that I'm aware of. Yeah. Um, None of the three of us have ever expressed even the remotest interest at writing a TVOS app. Even though we could, um, I never. Uh, hmm. I wanted to. I wanted to make a baby monitor app, but it's still so restricted that I can't have it do anything while something else is on. Do you know, like so they've kind of killed that. I wanted like a baby monitor app that would maybe show the the volume meter up the left hand side of the TV, even if I'm watching something else. Do you know? But there's no. <laughs> There's no that's not possible, that. is there? Like, no, no, that's what I mean. Like, any of the cool, innovative things that I thought I'd make, I was just kind of like, oh, so it's just an app on a TV but with a remote instead. Okay, that'll do me. Yeah. So, I don't know. And maybe, as you point out, they couldn't have made a success about it. Maybe it's just about kind of big media and content deals and stuff. Because um, it's not bad, but... Yeah, certainly. Yeah, I th- I think the, the TV as a solved problem is a cracked fire stick, um, <laughs> you, know, you know, or or something like that. Because it's just it just shows you. I mean, not that I have any experience with these things, um, but it just shows you what is possible if everything is just there. You know, um, you know, it's a cop- copyright and is and licensing are killing innovation in this space and until they all die we're stuck with we're stuck with crap it's my assessment of the situation anyway that's um, a bit of a depressing note to end we stuff to cheer uh, ourselves up uh, well um before we get to that uh the home pod yes um did you buy one amazing audio reviews god no okay um is it even out here uh, people have it, but you have to import it, I think. Ah, yeah. Um, so, get hearing absolutely amazing things mm-hmm. about the HomePod from an audio point of view. Yep. Um, and basically that, like, one or two of the things I've I've heard is that it is um, the best speaker under a grand. Mm. And that, you know, any setup under a grand would basically just be as many HomePods as you could afford. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <coughs> Once AirPlay 2 comes out, of course. Yeah. So, um, and it does, it has the, the seven directional speakers. It can do stereo based on the analysis of the room and everything. And what people are saying is that there's no sweet spot with it. Like, generally, I mean, if you set up a stereo and you have two speakers, there's a there's a kind of an overlapping area in the kind of the, the triangle, you know, where where it sounds perfect. And anyone who's not sitting exactly in the middle of those two speakers or whatever is not going to not going to have the best experience and basically they're saying that this this doesn't happen with the with the home pod which is very interesting and they're just after saying that completely out of left field apple are after making this about audio and it's not a it's not an alexa competitor it's not a google home competitor it's a um it's a competitor to sonos yeah, I really wanted to like this. 
Um, and I haven't heard it, so yeah, yeah, it still might be amazing. Um, minor nitpick. I sh- you know I I share a house with somebody, my wife. Um, and if we got this. I'd want it to replace our stereo, but it doesn't have radio. Like Apple Music doesn't have radio stations. It has Beats and all the thematic ones. I think it has BBC World Service mm. and maybe one or the thing. But like it used, to, iTunes used to have radio stations. Like, you know, rebroadcasts of FM radio stations. And somewhere along the line, they disappeared or they didn't make it into Apple Music. And for this to be one device in your kind of living room or your kitchen, your one audio device, I'd want it to have audio. Because I, I, it's the one thing where I would try and use Siri for and I wouldn't be bothered opening up the app to airplay yeah. over. That's it. Because, like, I use Alexa for the radio a lot. Um, and, like, more so than I thought, because I was like, eh, do you know, I wouldn't, like, I wouldn't have gone and bought an FM radio. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But now that I have it, if I'm listening to something in the car on the way home when I get out, I'll be just like, oh, t- turn on the radio, you know. Um, and it's 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 quite a nice feature. Um, so it's a bit of an oversight. Like, as I said, it doesn't seem like that's what Apple are going for. Yeah. And I think they're happy enough at the moment to have a niche uh, audiophile product that then they will bring down to the consumer, to the the more general consumer level at some stage, maybe. But again, serious crap, so I don't know. I'd buy one as audio, maybe, like just based on the reviews. Not that I need that level of, of audio um, fidelity. I buy one based on the reviews for that, but like the thought of actually talking to it just gives me yeah. gives me chills. Like Sideshow Bob stepping on a rake. <laughs> <laughs> so what's making us happy? <laughs> um, how quick are you? I think just about what I was talking about earlier was ARKit. Um, I guess I've always liked augmented reality kind of and this is making it, I guess, a lot easier to kind of get into it. And it's something, I guess, refreshing and new in app development for me. Um, you know, I've kind of figured out app development, I guess, and the type of apps I, I do can be, I guess, similar enough, you know. Um, um, so this is something brand new, I guess. It's got me kind of really interested in iOS, learning something new again, um, which I always like doing kind of, it's nice when something comes along that you want, you're not forced to study it, or if you are forced to study it, you're enjoying studying it anyway, or learning about it. So that's kind of nice at the moment. Um, and I think there's, in my work anyway, huge potentials for using it in a lot of apps coming up. Um, so yeah, that's kind of got me interested in learning, I guess, again, for iOS development. So that's keeping me happy. Um. So, my one is WeChat. WeChat. Uh, One of the colleagues in my new job is from China and went home for Chinese New Year. So, we were, I installed and made a profile on WeChat so I could keep in contact with him while he was away. 
and it's just it's it's a really innovative app um clearly a lot of work and time has gone into it it's quite powerful in the stuff you can do even here where like we don't have any of the cool payment stuff they have in in china but uh yeah always good to get a good a different i suppose a different cultural perspective on on apps and what apps can do and what they can be used for so yeah that's me you've looked at his the the app on his phone yeah because he's got the i guess the, the proper chinese version with all the cool stuff in it yeah all the cool stuff yeah, yeah. so um it's impressive mm. and can you see the can you see the inspiration for all the weird iMessage things um that came in like the stickers and stuff like is that all basically your wechat yeah. competition mm-hmm. pretty much yeah 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 it is um and also has quite a definite sort of ui feel and is that regardless of platform kind of it's more wechat ver- than an, than it is an ios app yeah um yeah certain bits now it's quite good with you know native controls like it's a native nav bar and um very minimalist actually design in some ways um but yeah just certain little bits more um the corners are less rounded for example just little things mm-hmm. um i think clearly a lot of thought has been put into this app and the design of this app and it reflects a certain aesthetic i suppose cool Nicer than WeChat. No, we um, WhatsApp. WeChat, uh, I think, is a nicer design than WhatsApp and feels more native than WhatsApp. <laughs> yeah, WhatsApp. WhatsApp seems like they stopped doing anything about four years ago, and it's just mm. been the same app. Yeah, yeah. For better or worse, I don't know. Better than the Snapchat update, anyway. Oh Jesus. God. Um. <sighs> If I had streaks to lose, I'm sure I'd have been mad or something, but, you know. <laughs> um, there was a change.org posi- uh, bloody petition and everything to change back Snapchat. Hmm. Um, and uh, they replied, they were like, pretty much, nope. <laughs> yeah, supposedly Kylie so. Jenner, one of the Kardashians, turned around and said she's not using it as much, and they lost like a billion or something under um, yeah. stock. I'm sure like, it went I think. <laughs> One of the one of the complaints from a lot of people was that celebrities no longer felt like they're friends, oh. um, because they're removed to a different part of the app now. Um, that's a burn. I like. I think your man Evan Spiegel or whatever was like. I think that's a good thing. Mm. <laughs> you know, so it it strikes me kind of like that. Um, maybe there's some bit of uh, a conscious or conscientiousness to do with this update um, or maybe they're just trying to spin it that way I don't know <sighs> so um, what's making me happy is a hundred move goal achievement on my Apple Watch nice um, so I think I got that yesterday so Fair just play. to clarify they're not a hundred consecutive move goals because these achievements don't work that way so obviously i missed a few when i was on crutches and stuff like that um but i did get 100 without without cheating or lowering the the move goal or anything and anytime apple tells me to up the move goal i tend to agree with it and and move it up so um pretty happy with that and yeah i the the apple watch continues to be my number one thing every day um and I've 
seen my, you know, like just from when I got it to now, like my resting heart rate, the changes in it, the walking heart rate, you know, and just to have all of that information and to actually see that you're making progress and to see that, you know, you literally have your entire waking heartbeat on record for the last few months is, I think, very valuable. Because even like I could tell when I'm, I can tell when I'm getting sick now based, the Apple Watch will fire off a notification that my heart rate's gone above 100 and I'm inactive or something. And that generally coincides with getting a cold or getting something like that, you know. So it's actually, you know, there's a whole other level of kind of, I'm feeling a bit off. Oh, my heart rate's up. Must be something wrong with me, you know. Mm-hmm. Like this, this this weird kind of secondary um thing where you're kind of like i feel a bit odd does my apple watch agree it does do you know and then mm. you're kind of like okay um it's it's just interesting like and it's it's very much um that that knowledge is kind of an, an extension of just everyday use now like it's 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 something that i check the whole time you know and i'll, I'll kind of make sure that things are trending the right way um, and I'll know then, like, if the the resting heart rate is going up or something, like, I'll know to either, uh, you know, be a bit more active or that, the, or if I am active, that there's something going on. So it's it's just the pervasiveness of it is very, very interesting um, if you pay attention. Yeah. Cool. 